On this DMV Sports Roundtable, new Redskins quarterback Dwayne Haskins knows just what to say. I'm going to work, we're going to work some more. You know, I'm looking forward to it. I've been living in this area for four years before I went to college, and I know that this is area is itching for wins and itching for Super Bowls, and I'm, uh, I'm looking to be a part of that. The Redskins' first-round pick asked Joe Theismann if it would be okay if he wore number seven, and Theismann said yes. Let's talk skins, and a little later, the Caps, who went down to the red-hot Carolina Hurricanes. We've got most of the young dudes here are Skins beat reporter George Wallace and our gambling enthusiast and big-time sports fan Chris Cheon, who said the Skins should go for Haskins and who also said manager Davey Martinez may have to be removed because the Nats are playing poorly. These are two things that have come to pass. Martinez for now still in place, but you don't know what the future holds. We'll get to the burgundy and gold first and then talk to Peter Hassett of Russian Machine Never Breaks about the Caps breakdown here in double overtime against the Carolina Hurricanes last week. Well, I don't know how many tickets have been sold based on the selection, but you've got to believe Dwayne Haskins is good for business in Ashburn. Haskins was asked about. We were at his draft party the other night, and he said, "How about, was that? How many? It was. It was great. It was a show. It was crazy. I mean, it was. It worked out so much better that the Redskins picked him because everybody went nuts. He put on the hat, <laughs> and as someone asked him, ESPN asked him about the tickets. How many tickets? He goes, "I get two tickets. That's it. I'll see everybody else at home. That's all. That's it. So, but no, it's. Uh, it, it was good. Look, the fact that they didn't have to move up to." get him was the biggest thing. dream scenario right? for the Redskins that that happened that way that the Giants are a franchise that has become a laughing stock with Dave Gettleman as their GM selecting Daniel Jones who if you really wanted him you could have just traded down and acquired more picks but I guess that they think they are playing chess while other teams are playing checkers. I don't know. Uh, but yes, it was. I, I, Do you I, believe that they took him because he knew somebody that somebody else was going to take Jones? Do you hear that? Yeah, I've heard some of that. What was the back and forth you were reporting on yesterday between Bruce Allen and the Wasn't there like. He said something like, Bruce said something like, I'm sure Dave, Dave doesn't know what our board looked like. Yeah. As if to say, you know, you don't know we were going to take him. Although I do believe that. Jay probably wanted Jones as far as a football guy, you know, and and he just wasn't going to win that. But I think he's going to be happy with Haskins. They don't look. For, well, first of all, Jones was gone, so mm-hmm. they didn't have a chance to take him. And and you know, the Haskins was there at fifteen. The key now is is what you know. When does he play? You know, when do you play? When do you when do you throw him in? Can he can he pick up the offense? Can he run Jay's offense? You know, look, let's say you start with Keenum or one of those guys and you're one and four, I guarantee you has to Oh play. yeah. No doubt about it. It'll right? be like a Baker Mayfield situation right. last year where uh, Tyrod Taylor didn't play great, but it was like the second he started showing that he wasn't getting it done. Bye bye. Yeah. And the problem is, once you bench Keenum for Haskins, there's no going back. There's no, well, maybe Dwayne needs to learn a little bit more. But once you make the decision, that's the decision. So we'll see. I, I think you're right. I think it'll be early. What about fan? What about as a, as fans? When do you want do you want to see Haskins right away? Probably. And I I think one sign of that is that he asked Joe Theismann if he could wear yeah. the number seven, and Theismann said yes. Can you imagine if Theismann had said no? How bad well, would that have looked? Yeah. You, uh, uh, just Never a quick would. side note. I don't want to take us too far into a ditch, but should the Redskins have even put Heisman in that position. Should they have just said this number is off, uh, you know, hands off? It's. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I, you know, the whole retired number thing. If you're going to retire the numbers, then do it, right? You but know, if it's just semi-retired. Yeah. Yeah. If it's just there. semi-retired, then you know, 
you know, the, the, and technically, did he have to ask? Probably not, but out of respect, and no. he knows, and he did. I'm glad he did. Yeah, no, he, I think he, that's, that's the too. exact right move. I don't yeah. think you just walk in there and say, I've never played a down in the NFL, but I want this Spurrier, special number. Spurrier tried that with Shane Matthews, remember, <laughs> number nine, and Sonny was like, all right, take it, but, you know, you're going to have a, it's it, quite it, a backlash. It, it looked and, bad. And that didn't last long either, yeah. so... Shane I mean, Matthews. Remember that? You yeah. like that name from the past? Uh-huh. Um, Wasn't he not that bad with the Titans or something and then he came here? Or the other Titans? way around? Yeah, the, yeah I don't know. Oil, it was the Oilers, maybe? maybe there was still the Oilers Houston. at that time? Maybe it was Houston. Uh, you know, I, I don't know about the, the numbers. The, 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 the crazier thing, I think, is the fact that Theismann's been the only one to wear seven. I had no idea. Even before Theismann, nobody wore seven here. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Yeah. But I, you know, I, I realize uh, the number you pick in your uniform doesn't determine yeah. when, whether you're going to start. But I just see all the kind of the signs lining up, you know, to be like, this guy's, this is our guy. And you know what? And you know who else can see the signs lining up with jerseys in the stands too? Yes, yes. Like he did with Robert Griffin the third six years ago. Oh, my goodness, two thousand seven years ago now. Yeah, it was wow. when uh, I got hired here in twenty twelve, and they went on that run. So it would have been the twenty twelve yeah, season. It was twenty twelve. Yeah. yeah. So to answer your question about Haskins starting right away, I needed a refresher on the schedule. But they open up the Redskins with three playoff teams. Yeah, no, oh, yeah, it's, first Eagles, five. it's very tough. Let let I, in my opinion, let Case play those three. Well, then you got the Patriots in there too at five, right? Yeah. So, but the Giants, uh, do you want him to have a road start, Haskins? Well, I mean, you know, he'll be in front of friends and family in New Jersey up at the Meadowlands in game four. Hey, you're going to play the Giants once a year up there. You just go, let him go. Yeah. And then with a home start being against the Patriots, potentially, yeah, that'd be cool. I guess the thing is, though, it's it's Jay, you know, Jay has to win. Okay. So, yeah. But it just depends on now what approach you're going to take or you know if if he's not ready they shouldn't force him right but he he sounds like he really wants to he's chomping fans are gonna want it too there's no connection at keenum here it's not like it's colt mccoy who had a tremendous year last year and it's like well maybe he can start no it's how funny is this is all gone now colt you know i feel bad for colt he gets a chance to start breaks his leg in philly then he has three procedures now you bring in case keenum and now you drive haskins all of a sudden colt could be third again now you have woodrowman here I know that he makes yeah, the team, well, but you know, you're, yeah, you're right. It's yeah. just like he's kind of an afterthought now. So I'm watching the clock. What about the other guys selected? Uh, any duds in there? You know, maybe we don't know. It's yeah, too that's early the to thing. Say. I think it's too early to tell. And I, you know, all this great in the draft. We, we and you know, we don't know. But I tell you what, Montez Sweat at 26. The fact they got back into the first round to get him, and they said that they had even discussed him at 15. You know, if that if the heart condition is misdiagnosed, like they said, then that's a heck of a pickup. I like Tyler, the wide receiver too from Ohio State. Bryce loves a top 10 pick a year ago if he comes out the running back. And I don't have a problem with taking a chance on the running back. Look. Adrian Peterson's 35. Chris Thompson's in a contract year now. So, and Darius uh, Geis is coming, is coming, off coming the back off an ACL. Our uh, own Rob Woodfork gave that pick like a grade of D just because you're you're stacked there. But you guys just yeah. Made the opposite Love of it. can play anywhere. And before he got he tore his ACL, and before people started putting eight in the box against Stanford, yeah, he was a really great running back. I think Kelvin Harmon, the last sixth round pick, um, he's polarizing. He's really big. He's not that fast. But he claims on Twitter and whatnot that everyone's going to make a mis- or everyone made a mistake letting him fall to the sixth round. That that one is kind of a 
we'll wait and see. He should make the team, though. Wasn't he projected top 10 if he had come out a year it, ago? Uh, yeah, so it's he kind of... Like yeah. yeah, it was more like just his measurables and just, again, like what kind of receiver are you looking for? Somebody right. who's like big and tall like that or somebody with some speed. They addressed that with the Ohio State kid, McLaurin. So yeah. uh, am I pronouncing that right? Yeah, McLaurin. McLaurin yeah. yeah. So that uh, I think they did really... Redskins, there are not that many great days in the organization. The draft as a whole, in my opinion, was three great ones. And as you know, you, as you said, we just said, you can't judge it. You can't grade it now. But on paper, they actually yes. stuck to their board. They went with what they need. And they, you know, Haskins fell in their lap at 15, which I thought was a good sign to start. Peter from Russian Machine Never Breaks, welcome back. We want to take a look back at the Caps' painful end at the hands of the Hurricanes. I don't want to let the Caps off the hook, but the way the Hurricanes look now against Barry Trotz and the Islanders, it just may be their year. Is that giving Washington too much of a pass? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to betray myself as being like too much of like a fair weather fan, but that Hurricanes team is darn good. Yeah. And they're, they look like they're about to put, you know, Trotz's Islanders, you know, down to bed. It looks like Barry Trotz's team will win one more game than the Caps won in the playoffs, which isn't saying so much. I think they're a really special team, even with like a McElhenney in goal instead of Morazic right now, with Morazic getting a little banged up. They're still doing a darn good job. They're getting goal scoring. They've got amazing leadership out of Justin Williams. Looks like a bunch of their players that have been banged up since halfway through the Cavs series are getting healthy again. I, you know, the East is wide open. The West is pretty wide open. For the first time in a long time, it looks like it's not going to be a familiar name winning the Stanley Cup. And that's, I don't know, that's really exciting. So I point to the knockout of Svechnikov as really the sort of the downturn of this Capitals team. You ignited Carolina and essentially gave them a reason to really come out and be like, we're going to beat this Caps team no matter what it takes. I mean, would you agree with that, that that moment was not a good one for the Caps whatsoever and could be blamed for why they ended up losing this series? I think there's a lot of things that you can blame, and that's certainly one of them. I, I don't. I I look back at something that happened even before the series began. I think that Michael Kempney injury late yeah. in the yeah. season really shook up the way the team wanted to play, and you know the the defense just couldn't get their act together. The Christian Juice got benched, and Jonas Siegenthaler came in and did a great job. And but Brooks Orpik, you know, there are different varying opinions about how Brooks Orpik performed in what's probably his last playoffs. Uh, I think that that was so disruptive, and then compounding that with T.J. Oshie's injuries, I think, and, and everyone gets banged up in the in the playoffs. And obviously, like I just said, and like you just said, Svechnikov got hurt, Furlan got hurt, Martinuk got hurt for the Kane. So both sides had it, but I think the Caps were perhaps a little bit more disruptive by the injuries that they had and for all the magic that they had in 2018 after that trade deadline and you know, you know really turning it on late last season on the way to winning the cup kind of the opposite happened you know the the, the caps look really good for a couple weeks after the trade deadline then Kemney gets banged up and all of a sudden they're not running their defense the way they won you know Orlov and Matt Niskin are playing a ton of ice again that that got them into some of the same trouble that they were having in January when the caps weren't playing that inspired hockey uh, so yeah I think uh, you know Ovechkin Svechikov certainly was like an inflection point in the series though you know it, it, it obviously it was a coin toss from the top from the start there you know th- these were two evenly matched teams and uh, the the fact that it ended as painfully as it did and you know double OT which is just a brutal you know everyone saw it coming it just took its darn time getting here kind of finale uh, and maybe just makes it a little bit more agonizing than you know it, it should be in the uh, light of day Peter we talked about the um, before the series about Reardon and being a rookie coach and pushing some buttons in the playoffs and what kind of challenge that would be. Uh, not, you know, I, I don't know the ins and outs of hockey like you do and like some of the the uh, experts do on the sport, but 
you know, taking a look at it from your perspective, uh, you know, I know there are questions had come up about Todd Reardon and in the playoffs and moves here and there. Do you did you see anything in this series that you know? Of course, everybody wants to say, "Wow, well, Barry Trotz were here; they wouldn't have they wouldn't have lost that series." But do you see anything looking back at the series that Reardon could have done that would have changed things? I always, but that's, that's the nature of being a head coach, right? Like you're an open target for criticism. I think, you know, Dimitri Yaskin is one of the players that got benched forever ago. I don't think, you know, Reardon used him more than twice since, you know, mid February, um, Christian juice. I don't think played that terribly. He just had, you know, a couple goof ups that happened probably because of like his combination with Brooks Orbick, but those are low in the lineup, you know, criticisms. Those are, you know, third pairing defensemen and fourth pairing forwards. Mm -hmm. I I don't think that he did a, a terrible, job and I think you know if Barry Trotz were given the same you know cards that that Reardon was dealt we would have had a, a, the exact same outcome I, I in general like Todd Reardon a lot yeah um, I would I would give anything in the world to banish the slingshot pass that they do on zone entries, especially on the power play. Just send that thing directly into the heart of the sun so it never comes back onto the ice again. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, that's that's coaching, though. Everyone's got, you know, an opinion. I, I don't watch a lot of football, but like, why are they running? Why are they running there? Why are they why are they doing the option? Like, I, I get that's the that's the stuff that you can complain about. Like, all oh, these lines are terrible. It's just something that to, to react again. That's kind of the fun part about sports, uh, unless you're the coach and then it's miserable and you get criticized all the time. Instead of T.J. Oshie's back-to-back, it was back-to-bust. Uh, <laughs> just in terms of uh, the Caps' popularity, I mean, uh, it's not like we're burning our sweaters and our sweatshirts and stuff. We're only a year removed from a Stanley Cup victory. Uh, you know, the whole the whole thing. Uh, so what do you think? Has the team uh, been tarnished or faded a little bit, given how it did this this postseason? Maybe, but I don't know. The, the, the memories of 2018... Maybe it's just that, you know, now there's no new Caps hockey being played, but I'm replaying it all in my head and I'm having like a great time. Those memories are, are eternal. I don't know. The 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 Nats game where they were celebrating and the parade and the swimming in the fountain and them just parting their faces off in the immediate <laughs> wake of winning the championship. And, you know, they were so open handed about the championship. I don't think that that will ever fade. The quality of the team in the present tense, I don't think is that much worse than it was you know, when they won the championship. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a bad exit. Uh, thank goodness that, you know, Pittsburgh and Tampa had worse ones from the playoffs and, and maybe they're, they're taking the brunt of criticism right now rather than the caps. Uh, I'm, I'm not too dispirited. I think that the caps can do even better next year. They can probably win a hundred standing points in the regular season again. And then once you get into the playoffs, you know, it's a crapshoot. Let's see what happens. I like it. So you mentioned that you thought that this result would have been, potentially the same with Trotz as head coach as opposed to Reardon um I, you know I just watching it like you know how Trotz and how he just made the Islanders this defensive oriented team even without outstanding goalies yes Leonard played great this year but it was almost like a changing of the style um, did you think that defense maybe was an issue against Carolina in the first round? I mean, like, what was the glaring kind of reason? We talked about some underperforming guys and whatnot. Was it like a superstar like Kuznetsov or Lars Eller maybe not coming up big? Burakovsky? Is there like one thing that you point to for the disappointment? 
Uh, no, it was systemic. So Kuznetsov has lots of problems, and and the problems all have to do with the part of the ice that is in the part where you score from, right? Like Kuznetsov, and this also applies to Jakob Vrana and I don't know uh, uh, Travis Boyd, maybe in the, the shifts he was on. Andre Burakovsky, he got better over the series, but overall not a great performance from uh, Burakovsky there. What I think ends up happening is that the Caps, especially just the way that they defend neutral and the blue line, they were really prone to how fast uh, um, Carolina was on transition. And I think even more so, the Caps had a really hard time getting out of their own zone because the Canes had a pretty aggressive forecheck with two forwards really going after it. But often what happened is, you know, like you'd have Christian Juice and Brooks Orpik on the ice. Juice would be in the middle. Brooks Orpik would be the one retrieving the puck for like a, a breakout pass. And all of a sudden he'd have you know, two Canes forwards on him uh, and you know, Orpik can win one board battle. Maybe he can win two. But if he wins three and then they get a, a you know, a pass into the slot, all of a sudden that, the, you know, the center, the the third forward comes up and attacks. And then you got a, a, you know, a dangerous chance. And that happened an awful lot. Juice isn't necessarily, you know, a great person for, you know, crease clearing duty. Um, and I think the Caps were just playing on their heels because that's you know what happens in the possession game. I don't think that's a, like a massive criticism. I also don't think that that's necessarily like a problem with the Caps defense, or at least not like the defensive players, like the defender positions. Um, just based on something you said earlier in, the, in the, that question there, the what what Trotz did in New York, I, I could also see that he implemented the Todd Reardon system in New York and mm. got results <laughs> out of it. I can see it go both ways. Um, I'll also add that... Um, New York's uh, defense is not looking too right. great right now against Carolina. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I, I think there's lots that can be worked on, especially in play without the puck. That's where the Caps really got into trouble. How do they do the breakouts? How do they do get into, you know, onto attack? And the, the offense that they did make work was those like rush attacks. Ovechkin and Backstrom just couldn't stop lighting up the net um, with, with really fast attacks. And I think that's an awesome way to play, but it can't be your only weapon. And that's sort of what it came down to in that series. What, uh, are you guys predicting as far as, you know, taking it all? Is it maybe Columbus? I know that you're not a monolith over there at Russian machine. Maybe you have different opinions, but who do you think is going to not Grubauer in Colorado, right? <laughs> I don't know that Grubauer is good enough to take them all the way. So, uh, it is very, uh, tense right now in the Russian machine ranks. Everyone has gone their own ways. We do have some Colorado fans. We got some San Jose fans. We got some Dallas fans. Um, my fellow uh, co-founder Ian, he's rooting for the Islanders now. So that's whoop on his part. That's there. interesting. Uh, yeah, I I I hate to say it. Um, I'm I I'm picking the Carolina Hurricanes to take the uh, the Stanley Cup for the first time since what 2005 or 2006 or whenever that was. You didn't have anybody picking Columbus. So. I I think it's Columbus. I think they have I, the most talent. I think you may be right. I think that they're they, I think they're going to beat Boston here. I really like what they're doing. Um, I just am not on the bandwagon for them. I think they're going to win their series, and I would love to see them go against the Hurricanes in an Easter Conference final. I mean, the most unlikely conference final I could think of. You know, um, seeing how both those teams were doing in like November, if you told me that those would be the two best teams in the East, I would have smacked you right in your face. That's <laughs> nice. You touched on this already, that people should feel optimistic about the Capitals. Uh, can we expect many changes before they take the ice again? I kind of think that we will. Um, there's a there's a number of unrestricted free agents. So um, uh, you know Brooks Orpik's contracts up. Carl Hagelin was a, a rental. Who knows if he'll be able to to come back? Uh, Devonte Smith Pelly had that one year one million dollar contract. I think that there's maybe some maybe some terms under which he would come back, um, or you know the team would, would have him back. Um, I think all the RFA's except for maybe um, the restricted free agents will probably come back. Um, Chandler Stevenson's maybe a toss up. He didn't have a, a, an amazing season. Dmitry Yashkin is liked by the front 
front office, but maybe not so much by coaches. They're going to have to extend an offer to under Burakovsky as a qualifying offer to see you know what happens there. But Burakovsky's know ceiling is is certainly uh, debatable. Um, that said, I, I think the team has some interest to do some bigger shakeups. I wouldn't be surprised if they try to move Matt Niskanen over the summer, and then all of a sudden you've got a totally different look on the defense. Um, I, I heard some rumblings that they were thinking about moving Niskanen even earlier in the year. Uh, he, you know, as a player who was so fantastic in last year's playoffs and really the heart of the the defense um, in, in the you know, first few years of the Trots. Uh, rain. Uh, he had a, a pretty startling fall off uh, last regular season and, and really all of this season into the postseason. And I, I don't think the Caps are, are super happy with his performance. So there could be some changes. I think the bigger stuff is coming one, two years out when Backstrom and Holpe and then eventually the big guy, Ovi, their contracts are up. And then the Caps need to decide if they want to win a championship or just be the team that has Ovi and Nikki on it. Uh, I would be fine either way, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny that we finally got to, we're talking caps here in over 10 minutes, and we finally get to Ovechkin and Backstrom and Holpe. But those guys in the postseason, outside of Holpe that you can argue, maybe let a couple of goals go by, um, Ovechkin and Backstrom were just fantastic in the first round. So those are two guys that uh, we would not want to see lost here in a couple of years. That's for sure. Absolutely. And it was it was a great post. Like Backstrom was scoring. I mean, he had five goals. I think that's more than Ovi. I think Ovi only had four. Just off. Mm-hmm. I think that's about right. So like Backstrom outscoring Ovechkin is a rarity in the postseason. It was they had a really good um, uh, chemistry going. I think seeing those two players play together. If they, we've only got one more year of that, I'll cherish every minute of it. But they were not the reason that team got bounced in the first round. I I absolutely adore their performances. I maybe would not have knocked out that eighteen uh, year old kid mm. if I were Ovi and 400 pounds you know, bigger than he is. but uh, and, and in Holpe's defense, his raw numbers, like his save percentage, wasn't bad. It's just that he faced so many darn shots. I mean, the Caps didn't didn't get out of their own zone. Uh, yeah, there's always softies, and you know you always want one or two of them back. Um, but I don't think that... But in general, can... he played pretty well. Yeah, he, he's not the reason. And you're absolutely right. It was just like, you know, in hockey, a lot of times it is about that intensity. And was it Niskanen who said afterward, essentially, that they didn't play like they had it the year prior in the postseason? So, I mean, it's a lot of times attitude, getting the puck out of your zone. Carolina was the aggressor, and the Caps were not. Yeah, I, I those like post season like uh, media sessions. It seems like they all sort of congealed on the same hive mind to say, yeah, like the killer instinct was missing. Mm-hmm. You know, Caroline had that intensity, uh, and and we didn't. And I get it. And Carolina, maybe they were um, you know animated by the storm surge and their their fan base having something fun to to cheer for for the first time. Justin Williams is a uh, undeniable character. I think yeah, that whatever whatever the Canes had, the Caps lacked and. Uh, we saw it in uh, 45 minutes of miserable overtime <laughs> led oh, to execute to the elimination. We are a few days removed, so I'm actually glad we did this not, th- was, not right after because I would be yeah. uh, maybe even emotional is not too strong a word. It's just, I w- it hurts a little bit. I right? was out last night watching uh, the Islanders-Hurricanes game, and I just was thinking to myself, man, this... This should be the caps in here. Yeah, that yeah. should be a group of people wearing caps gear. I should be planning my night around this. And now I'm just out watching hockey because I like the sport, but it's not the same oomph anymore. And uh, we've got a while to go because the Nats aren't so good either. So for meaningful sports in this town, I'm a little bit worried. I got no ideas. I got nothing for you. <laughs> we, we did want to ask if there's an article or two you'd recommend. We head over to your, your website. There's a, We were watching every. Every single one of these nutty series that are happening throughout the league. 
Uh, and uh, uh, if you want to see you know actual Caps action, we're covering the uh, the World Tournament, which is uh, starting up in I guess next week. So a whole bunch of players, Lars Eller, Ovechkin, Orlov, um, all those guys are playing for their respective countries in what is basically like the NIT of the Stanley Cup. Oh, cool. Well, it's always a treat, Peter. Yeah, always we, awesome we, talking to you. You're really insightful with this stuff. Oh, my pleasure, guys. Always fun. Thanks, man. See you later. Take care. Peter Hassett of Russian Machine Never Breaks. The DMV Sports Roundtable is on Apple Podcasts, the Podcast One app, podcastone.com, and WTOP's mobile app. Just tap listen. For George and Chris and Peter Hassett of Russian Machine Never Breaks, I'm Dimitri. And for Skins fans all around the world, God help us. 